Welcome in to the OUA preview. Uh, it is playoff time. Connor O'Neill, Wade Zanketa. We are so excited for the postseason. We are just a couple weeks out from crowning the Yates Cup champion. Connor, we've got a slate of three games as we whittle down to the final two teams. Uh, how are you getting ready for this weekend? A uh, whole lot of note-taking. Lots of going back and watching things from all, all season, really. And uh, a whole lot of note-taking. That's how I'm getting ready. Well, your Ottawa GGs uh, are one of the three games. They are hosting the Windsor Lancers. Shall we start there? Oh, we might as well. I think it's the first game on the schedule as well this weekend. So we might as well start in the nation's capital. The second time these Windsor Lancers are going to have to make that road trip down the 401. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting thing for Windsor. They've already done it. They've already been through this road trip. Uh, they played Ottawa at home early on in this year, but both these teams are different beasts from what they were early on. Yeah, that was a tight game early in the season, but I think both of these teams have, you know, really evolved into something more, especially, geez, sorry, especially looking at the Ottawa GGs, right? I mean, they've, they've certainly exploded this year on offense. Defense, we've known they've had a pretty solid defense the past couple of years, at least some solid players on that back end. And I mean, James Peter, Kevin Victor coming back for them. But what I'm looking at in this game, specifically on both sides of the ball, is the running back situation. We have two of the top five running backs in the OUA playing in this game. J.P. Simikin, that we've talked about him all year. Joey Zorn feels like we talk about him a lot this year, too. He's won, what, two two players of the week now at least, coming off of one in the final week, getting his team into the playoffs. But this is going to be a battle of the ground games for me. I mean, I, I think there's like what Joey Zorn here has eight total touchdowns. J.P. has eight on the ground. So 16 touchdowns right there between these two running backs alone. And for both these defenses, that's where you start. You fill the box and try to slow down these guys and really force teams into throwing situations. Obviously, Ottawa with Ben Merkel has had a, an up-and-down year where we saw not a great showing against Western, but that's the Mustangs' defense. And he's had those moments of, oh, my God, like he did in the Panda game. Uh, meanwhile, Windsor has had this like slow build up to some semblance of a pass game where they have finally got it going in the – last week this season yeah i was gonna say they really kind of found their stride found their groove in the back half of the season passing the ball for me but the guy that i'm looking at and you mentioned you know ottawa kind of goes with their offense as jp goes on the ground but that's why i'm looking at this one guy in specific on the windsor side of the ball we talk about mess the play up guys all the time and this certainly is the mess the play up guy for the windsor lancers defense dimitri tagani he has 14 tackles sure that is whatever but he's a defensive lineman Nine and a half TFLs, five sacks. He is in the backfield wreaking havoc, and he is certainly going to need to do that, force pressure on Ben Merrickville, get some of these errant throws, and get some interceptions for his defense. Absolutely. Connor, we're going to move on, though. I know you don't like the team across the, across the city from you, the Carlton Ravens, as much as you like your Once Ottawa a year. GGs. Once a year. But a year. they are also playing against the Laurier Golden Hawks, who – Ran the ball 50 times almost against the Guelph Griffins. And then last week uh, against the Queens Gales, really struggled to get the ground game moving. They're at home. They're hosting a playoff game against a team in Carlton that has also really tried to establish the run this year. Um, what are we expecting in this matchup? A quarterback matchup. 
right <laughs> off the hop. It is going to be a quarterback matchup. Um, Tanner DeYoung, final season for the for the Carlton Ravens. He's second in the OUA, just under 1,900 yards passing. He's thrown 11 touchdowns, only four interceptions on the season. Uh, you know, across the sideline from him, or just down the sideline from him, I should say. Taylor Elgers, well, we've talked about him all season long. 13 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions, but specifically for Carlton, their offense runs through Tanner, obviously, but it also runs through Kasim Ferdinand. He's, but it also runs through Kasim Ferdinand. He's caught seven of Tanner's 11 passing touchdowns this season. They are an electric combination. Uh, and I, I certainly like what you're talking about with this quarterback matchup. Both quarterbacks have big arms. Uh, Elgersma is just kind of a grip it and rip it kind of guy early in his career, making plays downfield. I mean, we even saw it last week with Ethan Jordan on his 40 yarder. Um, and we saw it in the battle of Waterloo prior as well, but Tanner has the big arm, but with a weapon like Kasim Ferdinand, they don't have to stretch the field every time to score. They can get the ball on a slant, get the ball on a bubble screen, get the ball to guys like Nick Renault, uh, and get their playmakers in space. And I think that's what Carlton really should target against this Laurier defense. They're so athletic. Um, just kind of let the athletes get into space for your offense and see if they can make a play. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think the other thing, the other key to the game for Carlton for me in this one is going to be their defense. Because when you look at the Laurier, we talk about Ogersma, right? But let's look at the Laurier run game. It's so good. It has been so good. They've got two backs, Quentin Scott, Tanner Elms, who can both run the ball and run the ball hard. But Quentin Scott has three fumbles. He's lost three fumbles this season. So if, if Carlton can create pressure, create turnovers, I think they'll be able to come away with some wins on those turnovers. And Shaheem Charles Brown, and Shaheem Charles Brown leads the OUA with six and a half sacks. So they're going to be relying on him to get in the backfield again and kind of muck up some of those plays. <laughs> Well, let's move to the final game, Connor. My Toronto Varsity Blues, we talked about your alma mater off the top. We're going to mine now to close this out. They're traveling to the Queens Gales for the second time this season. We saw it in week one, and now we're seeing it in week one of the playoffs. Uh, I think this matchup is intriguing because Alex Freakin, young quarterback, first real season getting action, uh, obviously in relief of the James Keenan injury. Uh how does he handle the pressure? How does he handle the spotlight? Because this Queens team, now that Ottawa got beaten by Western, this Queens team, everyone is looking at, okay, it's your opportunity to try and dethrone Western. I think we are kind of eliminating other schools uh, in this conversation saying it's Queens. If anyone is going to do it, it's can be Queens. And with their defensive pressure, uh, the kind of group effort in the pass rush and their committee backfield in the run game, they have a strong formula to do so. Yeah, they really do. And I'm going to be looking, you, you said it, I'm going to be looking at how Alex Breakin handles his first playoff appearance. He hasn't started in a playoff game yet, but he has taken over and he's done so very well. I mean, he's almost <clears> up around 60% of his passing, barring, you know, that one nine for 25 or whatever the hell it was game but yeah he, he's taken over that role really well so I'm going to be looking how he handles playoff pressure now but yeah I, I think the most impressive thing for Queens this season for me and this is going to be the formula for beating Toronto in this one like Toronto's quarterback Kinsale Phillip 
makes plays, but not at a consistent level for me. Queens' defense shows up at a very consistent level. Um, sorry, I'm going to have to chop this, but I had a – okay, okay, okay. Um, and, and Toronto's run game, we've said it all season long, runs through – or sorry. Toronto's offense, we've said it all season long, runs through Adam Williams, right? Queens is allowing only 114 rush yards per game on the ground. That's the second fewest in the OUA. They lead the OUA with 25 sacks. So again, like I, I'm going to sound like a broken record on this one today, and I think I'm all about the defenses, but it's getting in the backfield. It is stopping run games. These teams are run dominant in this stretch of playoff games right now, so it's all about shutting down the run games for me this week. And let's talk about Kinsale Phillip a little bit because this Toronto Varsity Blues team was in the game against Queens in week one. Uh, Phillip in his first start through two picks. He's done all right passing, Connor. 53% completion, you'd like that higher. Um, but since that first game, he's only thrown two interceptions the rest of the year. Uh, he's a very big threat rushing as well, as we saw against McMaster. Uh, but for this Queens defense, I think it's all about how they can get, not get to him in the pocket, but keep him in the pocket because you want him throwing. You don't want this man running. He is going to be a threat. We saw uh, the angry run last week. We don't want him on the ground. Uh, but for Queens, contain, make him throw because you have the DBs to make plays downfield. Ashton Miller, Melanson, uh, just to name one, right? Well, And to uh, that point, they have 10 interceptions this season. So I, I think for Queens, that is going to be their yeah. recipe to success. Dare him to pass. Yeah. Control Adam Williams. And for Toronto, it's how do you get these guys going? You have a lot of weapons out at receiver. Can you get those big playmakers like LaGood and Osho and Lehman involved early in the pass game? Yeah, I, I certainly agree with all that. You're going to need to get your top playmakers involved. Um yeah, I certainly agree with all that. I mean, like we we've seen everything up to this point from Toronto. What happens when they get their playmakers involved? They're a darn good football team. Last point I want to make on Queens here. Well, I guess this is the last point I want to make is surrounding the Toronto defense because again, we've seen what they look like when they're on. They're forcing turnovers. They're getting in the backfield. They're making plays. They're returning punts for touchdowns. They're returning kickoffs for touchdowns. I know that's special teams, but when they're rolling, they're rolling. But the same has been said for Queens. And red zone, I know this is one of my favorite stats this season, red zone <laughs> percentage right here. So I'm going to talk about it. Queens in the red zone is absurd, otherworldly. How is Toronto going to stop this? Because in the red zone right now, Queens has been to the red zone 37 times this season. That's like almost five times a game. They're getting opportunities to score points five times a game. They've converted 35 of those opportunities. They've scored 34 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. they How are do you in, stop that? And that, that is what Coach Marshall, Coach Mullen, and this defense is going to have to be tasked with. Uh, if you guys want to check out these games and you're in Ottawa, Kitchener-Waterloo, Kingston, or surrounding areas like I am, like Connor is, <laughs> uh, head to the stadiums, get your tickets, get some butts in these seats for Queens. It is homecoming. I know they had fake homecoming last week. This is the real homecoming, and they have a playoff game to boot. Uh, so that stadium will be rocking. If you can't make it 
OUA.TV live on demand. It is absolutely free. You can also check out soccer playoffs, which are going on as well in the OUA. Uh, there's a ton to do and a ton to see. So make sure to check that out. All right. We're back. Connor, we got a discussion to have here. And it is about the OUA MVP race. Before we get into the slate of games and our betting, I need to have this talk with you. Okay. Because I'm seeing a lot of people pushing for Keon Edwards. He's the nation's okay. leader in rushing. He's got okay. nine touchdowns. Okay. 129 damn yards a game. Okay. Next closest is Simon Kenda, then Quentin Scott. Okay. The bus is out there in the East Coast doing his own thing. Nobody worries about him. Uh, Wait, is, you said OUA MVP. OUA MVP. Okay. I was so just going down. Okay, okay. Place. You just wanted to make a bus mention. I got you. I got you. Number five in the country, Connor, is Edward Naughty. Yep. Who has 94 carries instead of 130. Yep. Uh, 840 yards instead of 1,000. And Still impressive. the same nine touchdowns. I think he's still like top five in the OUA. He is top five in the country, so he would be fourth in the OUA. Boom. Can never be wrong if you yes big. <laughs> Here's my deal with Evan Hillock. He's down in yards per game. Yes, he does not throw very many yards per game. He has 1,700 on the year. 1,699. Call it what you want. Are you arguing in favor of Evan Hillock right now? I am arguing in favor of Evan Hill. Oh, thank God. We were about to have a really big fight on this podcast. Because while he leads the country, or sorry, Arnaud Desjardins, the Heck Crichton Award winner, I have crowned. Calling it now? I have crowned him already. (laughs) Um, While Arnaud Desjardins leads the league in completion percentage and touchdowns, Evan Hillock leads the OUA in both those categories 69 percent completion 1699 yards 16 touchdowns zero interceptions that's Connor, my favorite, this man uh, is the most efficient quarterback in the league he takes yeah. care of the ball he also has a couple rushing touchdowns to add on to those statistical numbers yeah how are people arguing and this is no shade at keon edwards i think keon edwards is fantastic I had a guy in my men's league who uh, watched the Gigi's game and was like, yo, that number five for yesterday. I was like, yeah, Keon's pretty sick. Sounds sick. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets rolling, it's, uh, it's a bad day for the other team. There's just no shade to Keon at all. No. But in terms of determining who wins the MVP award in the OUA, I struggle immensely with the concept of giving it to Keon Edwards when Edwin Hottie is doing the same stuff. He has over 100 yards a game. He has the same amount of touchdowns. Yeah. He just doesn't have the same number. He just hasn't been the same amount of touches. Volume of carries. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, I struggle with that. Dude, and it's even, like, oh, well. Keon and Winati are out here arguing for Evan Hillock like, on social media. I know. It's like these guys, if you could combine them into the same award, this would be the easiest award to dish out in the OUA game. OUA MVP, the Western Mustangs backfield. Westerns running backs. There you go. And just well, have yeah. <laughs> give like them two awards, give them two trophies, put their names on both. I don't care. It would be the best, but there's one. And because there's one, they are splitting votes off of each other. I'm on Evan Hillock. 
I'm on. I'm. I've been on Evan Hillock, hey, but it's gonna it's gonna be Evan Hillock for the OUA. I've I've yeah, I'm with you. I've been on Evan Hillock. I don't think that's been a, a secret for me. I've been on the Evan Hillock for MVP train for for a bit now. Like I I agree. Like I see all of the arguments for for Keon and and it's hard. It's hard not to be like okay, yeah, like I I can agree with that. Look at what he's done. But you're right. It's hard for me to give it to him because I like. This is the same Western Mustangs offense that Evan Hillock came into and pushed them to a Vanier Cup, helped push them to a Vanier Cup. Without a quarterback like Evan Hillock that can go, you know, you give him 20 to 25 passing attempts a game, and he's completing at least 17 to 18 of those passing attempts while still throwing for, you know, 200, 250 yards and probably one or two strikes for touchdowns a game. Like, it is hard to replace a guy that is that efficient, even when he doesn't need to be, even when he's not being asked to, you know, throw the ball 40 times a game. And, and yeah, he's only throwing 20, 21, 22 times a game, but it's not like these are check down balls. When Evan Hillock is being asked to pass, he is ripping the ball downfield. Go back and watch the tape. Watch the long touchdown to Robinson. Watch the long touchdown to Magnet Jones. Watch the long completion for one hand to Robinson. Watch the like it, it goes Justin on. Justin Nixon, on. you're missing guys. Justin because Nixon, he throws, like, and that's the thing too is he's not just targeting one. Like, okay, to play devil's advocate for our no Desjardins, he got 17 touchdowns. Was it nine? I'm, of just, those? Arguing, I'm just arguing OUA MVP. I know, Desjardins I know, but plays nine me. of those, nine of those are Kevin Mittal. It's not like you're just like hucking it up to one guy because you know yeah. you have Megatron. No, yeah. you're hitting six, seven different receivers in a game consistently. Um, but no, I, I, as, we're, as we're coming down to the OUA awards race, um, I think it's got to be Hillock. Like, just because you can't – there's so many great things about this Western offense. But the same guys that are carrying the ball are detracting or det- detracting from each other's votes. It's so hard to see because <laughs> these guys are freaks and they deserve all the praise and all the awards, but they, they steal each other's votes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so- and at that they steal Evan Hillock's votes. So if a James Keenan had played all year, maybe they would have taken enough votes from the three of them that Hillock rises to the crop or sorry, that Keenan rises to the crop or JP if Ottawa had played a bit better last week. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I entirely agree. I'm with you on the Evan Hillock train. Also, we forgot a name, Griffin Campbell. Griffin Campbell's catching touchdowns out there for the Western Mustangs as well. Shame on us. I'm, uh, I'm out here trying to find how many Western Mustangs have caught touchdowns this season. <laughs> it's four. Four different Mustangs have caught touchdowns this season. Oh, like four different receivers. Four different receivers have okay, yeah. touchdown passes. Plus, from plus the running backs. Plus the running backs. Yeah, so. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we've got some lines to get to, though. If you want to head over to coolbet.ca, U Sports lines are here. They updated their Vanier Cup odds as well, which I was very happy with. Uh, Laval is still plus money. So go and get in on Arnaud Desjardins. Uh, <clears throat> Connor. We've got OUA games. We've got AUS, RSEC, CanWest. Pick a conference. Let's start our gambling lines. I'm going right into gambling today. Pick a conference. Uh, I would like to go to the AUS. The OS. Okay. Never Bishops, enough AUS love. Bishops uh, AUS. minus seven against 
the St. Mary's Huskies. Give it me is it. At Bishops. Yeah. I'm going to take Bishops all day. Give so me you all just that got embarrassed. They had a ton of turnovers against X, and they gave up a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards through the air. Uh, Bishops is going to just do their thing in this one. Uh, they're going to grind it out, force turnovers. Defense probably going to score. I'm going to bold prediction. There's going to be a defensive touchdown in this game from Bishops. Ooh, I like it. I like uh, it. <clears throat> other one, the bus at home against Mount A. They just locked up the Loney Bowl. So they don't have to play for anything other than an undefeated season. Uh, they're minus 15 and a half against Mount A. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. This is a tough one for me. Minus 15 and a half against Mount A. <clears throat> Mount A has been better than last year this season. That's what I'll and- say about, about Mount A. But you're right. It, it's the fact that they've locked up the Loney Bowl for me. And they, I mean, there's no such thing as a meaningless game. They're still playing for for an undefeated season here. But at what point do we see Silas Fanyo come out of the game? At what point do we see Malcolm Bussey come out of the game? At what point do we see, you know, Alex Benchin come out of the game? So 15, 15 and a half in this one, it's not like I think it's undoable, but in a game like this where there's the possibility of resting some of your stars and starters, it makes it a little bit tougher for me to take a 15-point line. I'm going to take Mount A. They're also coming off of a bye uh, Carter, are we going east to west, or are we going all the way to the can west, then back, then back? Where do you want to go? Ooh, you know what? Let's do it. Let's let's skip a conference here. <clears throat> okay, so we're going can to west. can west. Can west. All right. Saskatchewan Huskies off. Okay, we talked about this fake road trap loss. Uh, <laughs> it's a real road trap, but a fake loss. Uh, let's talk about. This. They're minus 25 and a half against the Calgary Dinos at home off a loss. Scott Flory, nice. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to be a little angry this week. You think? Yes. I think Mason 25 Nias, points angry. <laughs> I, I think they might be, I think, well, I don't know. 25 points is a lot for me. The only, I think the only, well, uh, no, there's the, there's, never mind. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. 25 points is a lot for me. They're going to be angry. Again, I don't know. It's cold. The ball's starting to hit the hands a little bit harder. Balls get dropped in the end zone, unfortunately, like it did last week. Um, I don't know. I think I certainly think that Saskatchewan's going to be angry. They're going to win. They're going to win big. I don't know if it's going to be 25 points big. So I think I'm going to take Calgary to cover a 25-point spread. Obviously, I'm taking Saskatchewan to win outright. Connor, what color, like what color is my sweater? Green. I'm gonna say green. Is that yeah, like an yeah, like lululemon yeah. jade green? Yeah, it actually is Lulu. <laughs> nice. Um, Do it. Saskatchewan Huskies minus 25 and a half. Book it. This Calgary offense has struggled this year to get their footing. Uh, not the defense you want to be facing as a struggling offense. Catley Joseph, Nick Weeb, they are going to be angry. Like I mentioned. They're going to run the piss out of the ball, and they're going to be taking the air out of the stadium. Uh, that game's going to be electric for one quarter, and then it's going to be over because they've scored so much. Uh, so I'm taking Sask in this one. Next game, Manitoba at U of R. Regina minus seven and a half as they continue to make a push to be the team challenging Saskatchewan in the Hardy Cup. 
Yeah, I think we've said this one all year. Regina is absolutely the the runner-up, I think, this year in the Can West for us. Regina is going to beat the Manitoba Bisons this week. It's going to be by at least 10. That team's too damn good this season. They're absolutely rolling. I love everything about those Regina Rams. Okay. Uh, Manitoba's fighting for it here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Manitoba covers but does not win. Uh, final game in Can West, UBC, after their big win on the road against Alberta. They are road favorites by six and a half points. I think I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Golden Bears in this one, Connor. I know Isaiah Knight had a huge game last week, but the emotional high and then having to go on the road, uh, I think U of A is just going to collect themselves, shock the T-Birds at home, and cover – Maybe even win outright. I'm not going to go that bold, but it's going to be tighter than six and a half. Uh, I think I'm going to get burned for this one. I think it could be tighter than six and a half, but I think the T-Birds are playing to push their playoff standing in this one. <clears throat> they win this game. They're four and three. They push the play. I think they can push their playoff standing a little bit with a win. Um, but you're at least going into the playoffs with a winning record. They're coming off a big win over the Saskatchewan Huskies. They're going to keep it rolling. I think they get the job done and win by at least, I think, what, six, it's six and a half? So they win by at least a touchdown? I think that's doable. I think that's doable. All right. Our sec time, because we're going to save the playoffs for last. Uh, McGill plus 17 and a half at the Caravan. They have to go up the hill for it. They have to go to the mountaintop. Can they cover? Or will Montreal dominate? Part of me is tempted to take mcgill to cover in this one montreal just came off a loss to sherbrooke so there's another part of me that's going oh they might be montreal might be really pissed off plus mcgill has to go play up the mountain like you said that stadium just sucks it does if you're the road team it just sucks so i'm taking montreal 17 at home over mcgill i'm going redbirds i'm i uh, okay i think Here's my deal. I think that compounding losses is tougher to break from. Montreal's going to come in to the playoffs on a low, a real low, a three-loss low, where they lose to Laval, they lose to Sherbrooke, and then McGill gives them a run for it. I'm not going to say McGill wins, uh, but they're definitely going to be covering the 17.5 points. Laton Dress is too dynamic yeah. to get a 17.5-point line. This guy himself could outscore a team. I mean, he practically did it against Concordia last week. Uh, but he is was he the, good enough to outscore the Montreal Carabin? You mean the Montreal Carabin who put up five points last week? I know. I know. We could see. Uh, other game, Concordia hosting the Laval Rouge or Laval's a road favorite of minus 28 and a half. If you were to bet... <laughs> If you were to bet the uh, the money line on this, it's Laval minus 10,000. <laughs> I think that tells us all we need to know. Uh, yeah, Laval. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Laval. All right. Playoff time, Connor. Your Ottawa GGs minus 15 hosting the Windsor Lancers. Playoff time in the OUA. These two teams are too similar i think in terms of style of play and the way they attack the game 
they're both ground and pound type teams that, you know, like to rely on their tough nose running backs to open up the rest of the field that eats away a lot of clock that eats away opportunities to score. Uh, I'm taking Ottawa in a win, obviously money line. I'm going, I'm going my GGs, GG nation, GG nation. Let's ride. Uh, but no, I, I think to cover this game, I think it's going to be tighter than 15 and a half. I think this might be, you know, a seven to eight to 10 point game. Minus 909 on the GG's money line. I'm with you, though, Connor. The Windsor Lancers, Ottawa GG's, when they played earlier in the year, it was a Campbell Fair walk-off field goal, right? Yep. This is much closer than a 15-point line. Uh, I think that these teams both run the ball effectively. Zorn, Simonkinda. Uh, it's a matter of which defense is going to break instead of Ben because they're both going to stand tall at points in the game. Uh it's just who's going to be more consistent and more stubborn in establishing establishing their run game. Uh, next one up, my Toronto Varsity Blues at the Queens Gales. I'm going to be there uh, plus 20 and a half for the Varsity Blues. I don't know, man. Uh, are 20, you doing 20 and a half? No, I'm not. I'm going to, I'm going to take the – again, I'm, I'm going to play coward again this week. I'm going to take the Blues to cover. It's a playoff game. It's a playoff game for me. I think the Blues have shown a lot more this season than they have. They're more dynamic. They can attack the game from, you know, multiple ways this season where, you know, in the past they've had a really good passing game, but their quarterback is also their running back and that limits them to type like a one-phase type offense. This year, you know, they've got a guy that can throw the ball when he stays in the pocket and can also run. Oh, but they can turn around and hand it off to Adam Williams who can run. So I think Toronto is doing a lot of things right. I think it's going to be tighter than 20 points, but Queens, as much as Toronto is doing right, Queens does everything right multiple with multiple players. They've got players all over the field that are making plays for them offensively, defensively. They're just a tough team through and through. So I think they're coming out of this one with a win, but I think it's going to be tighter than 20 points. I'm with you and I'm nervously with you because Queens has a <laughs> tendency of pushing leads late in game. They'll be in a tight game. All of a sudden, it's a rushing touchdown. Then all of a sudden, it's another rushing touchdown and another rushing touchdown. And in the matter of 15 minutes of gameplay, they've gone from up seven to up 24. And you're like, oh, my God. The fourth quarter's <laughs> just started. They already have 21 <laughs> points. Whoa. Where did this lead come from? Oh, my God. Queens, wow. It's uh, that red zone efficiency. It is. And I think that Toronto has a good chance to cover in this game. They needed uh, a couple turnovers uh, to kind of push the game out of reach in week one. They also needed some special teams action to get on the board with Lucas Stoikos. Uh, I think that Toronto can cover. I'm hoping they do so. I'm going to take Toronto. Call it bias. Call it what you must. Uh, Queens is going to win this, but I, I think that Toronto can at least make it closer than a three-score game, right? Like maybe they can put it to like 18 points. We'll see if they start turning the ball over, they start losing fumbles. It could be ugly fast, but I think they have an opportunity to, yeah, come out hot and at least play competitive. Carlton Laurier. I think this is the game of the week in the OUA uh, minus 12 and a half for the Laurier golden Hawks. Yeah, man, that's uh, again, I, I like this. It's a tight line. I think it's representative of how, of how this game could go. But for me, this is Tanner's last ride. Tanner DeYoung, quarterback, Carlton Ravens. This is his last ride. He's got playoff experience. He has been there, and he's played in some big moments too, a couple Panda games. I mean, I know that's not a playoff game, but that atmosphere is playoff game-like. 
11, I, we said it in the OUA preview, 11 touchdown passes, four interceptions, seven of those going to Kasim Ferdinand. Now that also might tip the cap to, to say they're a little bit one-dimensional. And I think it, it, that Laurier might have an opportunity to kind of capitalize that and limit it a little bit. But again, Carlton has a very steady defense and Laurier is shown to turn the ball over on the ground and lose those fumbles. So I think that, I don't know. I'm taking Carlton. I am going to take Carlton plus 12 and a half. We have been on the Laurier Golden Hawks all year, Connor. They let me down last week. A, a part of me really thinks that Carlton is going to come out with nothing to Just lose. swinging. Start swinging for the fences. Like game one, like I'm like week one when they were throwing haymakers <clears throat> at Mac. I, I, I think that's what we're going to get. And I, I think Laurie is going to win. But Connor, these lines are huge for playoff games where we, where we think these games are going to be close. Next week when it's uh, Queens and Western and whoever else wins uh, the other two games, when it's those three teams left, then it'll start pushing lines because we're going to get separation, especially if we do get an upset. But for this week, Connor, I like Carlton. I'm liking a lot of dogs this week. I'm on Carlton. I'm on Toronto to cover. I I'm on dogs. <laughs> did you? No, we took, Bishop, we took Bishops Laval. You took Montreal. Oh, sorry. In the OUA, for sure. I took all dogs. Oh, oh yeah. OUA. All dogs in the OUA this week. These lines are huge. Uh, so go ahead, get in uh, at coolbet.ca. Check them out. You can also bet over unders, uh, two-way spreads, uh, money lines. There's a ton. You can also get some futures as well. Uh, with view sports action uh honestly connor i'm excited for this week it's playoffs uh in the oua so it's kind of getting ramped up i'm really liking it if you guys want to check us out at wade zank at connor o'neill at cf perspective any final remarks connor before we go tune in to your local games go if you can watch some football enjoy some football We'll talk to you guys afterwards.